Hey everybody, how you doing? And welcome to episode number 119 of the John Riley Project. Today is Tuesday, March 11th, 2020. And Mike Ryan, you're back in the saddle. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? All right. You know, uh, love having you here. Oh, you know, yeah. Thank we had you. A, we had a great conversation last time. Last couple times, yeah, yeah, talking about Nissan 240Z and Datsun, and and I, I loved it, man. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, right absolutely. On. But you know, we have to talk about the coronavirus today. Man. It's just, it's, just it's unbelievable. I mean, I was just I just went out and got some food for the family. You know, with this little kebab shop over in RB, mm -hmm. and I'm driving back, and I find out that the NBA season has been canceled. Yeah, that's it's crazy. <laughs> It's absolutely crazy. I, I, it's unbelievable. And then I and then I found out just a little bit ago that Tom Hanks and Rita Willison have the coronavirus. They were really? just they were just diagnosed. Wow, this is insane. Didn't a congressman just recently quarantine himself for fourteen days? I forget his it name. It was Ted Cruz. No, there's another. There there's was a another. couple of them though. Okay, because there was the um, you know that what do they call it? CPAC? It's the it's like the conservative. Um, conference that they have every year. And uh, there was one person there that had the coronavirus that was shaking hands with politicians. Mm -hmm. And some of the ones that knew they had their hands shook, they voluntarily self-quarantined themselves. Right. Yeah. And it was, I knew Ted Cruz was one of them. And yeah, there were two or three other congressmen or senators or something that did that. Right. Yeah. But it's it just especially like in the last 24 hours, like earlier this afternoon, they, they announced that the NCAA um, tournament, March Madness, they're not going to have any fans except for essential personnel and the families of the players on the court. So it's just going to be empty stadiums, empty auditoriums? Yeah. And they're just going to play like might as well be like practice kind of deal. Well, they're going to play. It's going to be televised. <laughs> there'll be announcers and there'll be, you know, scorekeepers okay. and trainers and coaches and then mom and dad and brothers and sisters. And, and, and that's it. You know, they do, uh, you know, you know, on Facebook or social media, they do these uh, uh, comparisons. How many, how many people have gotten sick from the flu and how many people have gotten sick from coronavirus? How many people have died from the flu? How many people died from the coronavirus? It's very minimal with the coronavirus, but it just got here kind of deal, you know? But And, and, and I saw something on, on social media as well that um, I, mean, I was talking to you earlier about the coronavirus and that we've been living with it for a while, that it's just basically another version of the common cold or another version of the, of a cold or, type, cold or type of flu. Right. And we've just been fighting it off. So I think this is something that's going to come and go. It's a fly by night. I haven't seen anything this crazy in, in years. I mean, look, look at all the look at all the things that we had scared us over the last 20, 30 years. We had the bird, the bird flu. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was <it> SARS. <laughs> right. You know, um, mm -hmm. there was, there's a list of different things that um, there was other things I can't think of right now. Um, there's a list of them. That. Like Ebola, Ebola, yeah, um, and then well, there was SARS, and then there was MERS. When SARS and MERS, I think, are both other kinds of coronaviruses. Okay, because uh, I think coronavirus is like a category, and then I, I okay, I may be over my skis here, but like the common cold is a type of coronavirus. This, the one we're experiencing, they've given it a name. It's COVID nineteen. Mm -hmm. So Corona Co. VI is virus and D is disease. Mm -hmm. So COVID and then number 19. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like we, we've had a number of these <clears throat> pandemics 
and people on social media have also so shown how they always seem to line up on election years. <laughs> <laughs> to, take, to deter from what's going on kind yeah. of deal, you know, or whatever. It's a distraction. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like, well. well. But that's the conspiracy hat kind of thing, uh, the tinfoil hat deal. But it's coincidental. But it's it's interesting is that when when this started rolling out, and very initially there was – you know, the, the, it, it started in Asia, in China, mm-hmm. and we knew eventually it was going to come here. Remember, they had like an airplane flew into Miramar, mm-hmm. and then they had those people quarantined. And the media was just hyping this so much. And it got to a point where I was thinking what reality is is going to be a lot less than the hype from the media. But now, within the last 24 hours, and I've been wondering if I've been underestimating it. Um, because of everything that's been happening, like in the last couple of days. Well, you know, as well as I do that, um, the American media, um, overplays things quite often and they tend to not tell the whole truth on a lot of things. I mean, if you sit there and listen to them and you just, I'm just shaking my head with some of the stuff they're doing. Um, so of course you're going to sit there and, and think, okay, well, there's, you know, somebody here is crying a little bit wolf, you know, crying wolf a little bit too loud here. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, maybe uh, there is some truth to what's going on. But and I get it. We need to take precautions, um, especially with the travel stuff, things like that, because you're on an airplane. I mean, how many times you've been on an airplane and got off and just didn't really feel the greatest because you're in a, a tube cooped up with 150 to 200 other people. And the air is circulating. Yeah, the air is circulating. And- <laughs> it's stuffy in there. And somebody on the plane might be sick, you know. And and uh, I, I don't know. I I just feel that sometimes the, the media twists some things up and, and, and really over-dramatizes stuff that's a little bit unnecessary, you know. And then all of a sudden, there's a panic. People start freaking out. And it starts stocking up on products and things like that. So, Well, that makes you well, – well, first of all, you know, the travel – they just banned travel to Europe. Yeah. Um, and I originally saw, thought it was just Europe into America. Or I originally, I thought it was America to Europe. And now it's in both directions. Mm-hmm. And the UK is excluded. I don't know why. Um, but it, like, it, like, I, just in the last few hours, there's all this breaking news. It's like unbelievable. I think I heard something about Italy being on lockdown, too. Did you oh, hear something yeah. about that? Italy was. Oh, yeah. Well, Italy was the most affected nation yeah. outside of China. And then for a while, it was just northern Italy. OK. That was um, the plan was was uh, people could only travel if they were going to and from work or if it was some kind of an emergency. Um, and. That, and then they since have extended it to the whole country. The whole nation of Italy is now essentially in lockdown mode. And I guess maybe there's still travel for work. I don't know. Um, but the, but it makes you wonder, like, is the, are, is, the media, is the media reacting to reality or is the media stoking the fire and creating the hysteria that's causing all of these – Government entities and private organizations to shut down, like like when the NBA cancels their season, are they doing it precautionary because of everything that's going on in the media, or are they really reacting to scientists that are telling them you need to shut down? It's a great question. Uh, we won't have the answer to that. We're we're the little people. We don't really, you know. Honestly, I mean, come on. Unless you unless you work for the upper entities, you don't know unless, unless you're in government or. 
you are the multi-billionaires, you know, owners that are sitting there, you know, getting information from somebody who's in, in, in the science field or somebody who's recommending, hey, you guys, this is serious. You need to, yeah. you need to shut it down because there's a lot of revenue to be lost. There's a lot of there's a lot of lives that could potentially be lost. And I think they're just taking every precautionary necessary to make sure that the athletes don't get sick. Uh, the fans don't get sick. You know, uh, the workers, people, the uh, concessions. You, you're, you're talking about a whole spectrum of people that work at those uh, you know, those auditoriums, those um, uh, those arenas that could potentially be uh, affected by this disease, you know. And I just think that, you know, at times we need to play a little bit smart and be careful. So uh, I think there's some truth to it, obviously. Uh, uh, am I am I thinking they're being a little bit overcautious? Sure. Why not? I mean, sometimes you got to be overcautious in order to rule everything out. Then you start breaking it down little by little. Mm-hmm. You know, you let it you let, start investigating more and more. That's just how we've always been as a people, always on the side of overcaution. And then, you know, you know, because there's been a lot of things that have probably in, in, in our personal lives that we've been a little nonchalant about. And then it goes to bite us in the rear end. And it's like, oh, OK, OK. So <laughs> I've learned from that. So right. <laughs> let me be a little overcautious here. Let's, yeah. Let me take all the precautions necessary to make yeah. sure that we don't run into the situation again. So I just think as a country, we tend to be. That in that realm of, of uh, just kind of playing it more than it really is until we figure out what, what's at the bottom of it, you know. Well, I think yeah, it's it's good practice for us to, on a personal level, to take the necessary precautions. Like I know for myself, I've always been a good hand washer, mm-hmm. but now I'm an extra good hand washer. Yeah, yeah, me too. You yeah. know, and I you're supposed to sing Happy Birthday while you do it, yeah. so it's that length of time, um, and I think. Yeah, like when you walked in, we we uh, did the elbow bump. Yeah, right. You know, which I think is good. You know, uh, but it's just fascinating to see um, how the rest of the world is responding. Because yeah, in Italy, they had already like I think they were going to have soccer games in empty stadiums. Now, who knows? I don't even know if they're going to continue that at all. Um, so, uh, I, and I just heard today that. The um, Ivy League, you know, previously the Ivy League canceled their basketball tournaments at the end of the season. You know, the winner of the tournament goes to March Madness, but they just declared that the regular season um, winner is going to be the the conference winner for both men and women for basketball. But then they went a step further. They canceled all spring sports in the Ivy League. That's baseball, softball, golf, soccer, lacrosse, track and field. You're talking about MLB? No, oh, the, the Ivy League, is, is... Ivy League, like Harvard and Yale and oh, okay. Princeton. All right. Yeah, that, that. Yeah, that group. Okay. Um, so, I mean, they, they just wrote off the whole season. I mean, and college baseball—they're like halfway through their season now, so they just canceled it. NBA has the regular season for the NBA usually goes until early April, and then they have playoffs that carry us into June. I guess they're canceling the playoffs. I think I don't know. We'll see. I think right now it's it's kind of day by day, and you know, you, you, uh, we we saw the you know we saw President Trump get up there and make a speech um, about everything, and and uh, just just tonight. So I, I think it's veering towards being really serious. I think uh, you know with all this stuff happening, you've never in my life I've never seen this. No, <clears throat> excuse me, I've never seen them shut down seasons 
for you know college sports or even professional sports or anything like that, unless there was a strike, you know, very which very rarely happened with the football striker. But that had nothing to do with sickness. That was a contractual thing. Um, that was like in the late eighties, wasn't it? When, yeah, when they it had was the, like, yeah, it was ridiculous. I mean, was, you know, I, I don't know. It, well, I remember the Chargers; they they had a whole new team of players, and yeah. we didn't really know who they were. Yeah, and then um, and then Major League Baseball had the strike in nineteen ninety four, and they canceled the season and and the playoffs and World Series. Did the NBA have one too? The NBA had had a situation where they didn't finish out the full season. Isn't I don't that, know, it's possible. I would have to go back to that next time we cover sports or something like that. But uh, yeah, so um, you know, I was going to touch on because I'm you know, I'm in the grocery industry. So yeah. um, wow, you probably that's a lot going on there. Well, I've been on vacation since Wednesday of last week, and before I went on vacation, um, I hear my boss on the phone talking to different managers, or you know, tell me that our district manager was asking me if we need pallet drops of toilet paper and water and stuff like that. Yeah. And he's, he's kind of like Jake said, like, we don't need all that product. Right. And well, you know, Costco's getting beat up, you know, they're buying the bulk and stuff yeah. in bulk. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out I was, uh, I haven't been in, really in the grocery store since I've been on vacation. Uh, other so when are you scheduled Costco. to go back to work Monday? So I'll find out. Well, you you're like avoiding the storm to a degree, huh? Just, you know, I'm just trying to stay, you know, trying to do my own thing. Trying to, I, I mean, I have stuff at home. I have supplies at home. You know, I have, I have towels and toilet paper and water. And uh, I haven't been really hitting the stores too much, you know. And if I do, I'll hit the State of Brothers, you know, locally and, and just pick up a few things. But I haven't really paid much attention. There's no pandemonium going on in the store. Um, although about three or four days ago, well, maybe three days ago, I was in the um, Costco. And I have a friend that works there. And, uh, you know, he's walking by. I'm shopping in along. Um, before I saw him, I happened to head back towards where the toilet paper and towels were. There was no towels at all. And they had just got a drop shipment of uh, several pallets of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a little after 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, I came back up front. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I don't think I even bought any toilet paper. I just was just cruising up around doing my thing. I get up towards the front and uh, my friend happens to say hi, stops me and then walks away and then comes back, doubles back and says, Hey, I got something for you. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, so, you know, with all the stuff going on, I go, yeah. And he said, uh, he said, we opened at nine 50. They usually open at 10 o'clock, but they opened at nine 50 a little bit early. Cause there was a line few hundred people or few, he, he said there was about 300 shopping carts. That 300 was, shopping that carts. Wasn't, that wasn't including the people that were there. Yeah. He's mentioned something about 300. They have a ton of shopping carts. So they're like lining up like a NASCAR they, race. They were wrapped around the building trying oh, like, to get in. Really? Before it opened. Is this the one in Carmel Mountain? Uh, Poway. Poway up in the business park. Yeah. So, Oh my God. <laughs> wrapped around the building yeah. waiting to get in. He said, we had towels and toilet paper. I think M water, I think it was. Or I know he said toilet paper was in that mix, and I believe towels, because he said uh, we opened at 9.50. He said by 9.59, we were empty. Nine minutes it took them all to rush in there to grab all the toilet paper and towels and everything, and they were out of there. It was it was like madness. He said it's ridiculous all day long we've had. We were doing a count on cart counts couple hundred carts at this hour, a few hundred carts. Normally it's a lot less than that, but even though you know how busy Costco's can get, um, Carl Mountains is a madhouse. You know, it's always busy over there. I never shop at that one. 
Um, the Poway one is a lot, you know, a lot yeah. less busy. Yes, it is. Uh, but still, you know, you walk around those big shopping carts and I do my little Costco live videos when I'm in there, you know, tensing up. I you like know? those. <laughs> I'm just kind of looking around. Well, you, and just, you, you, you mount the camera like in the baby carriage. I'm area. holding it. Oh, I'm actually holding, holding it. it. Yeah, I'm leaning on the I'm But leaning it's just on the see your cart. face and you're like, you know, I'm just, I know, the I, tough I, guy with a goatee like cruising <laughs> through in a shopping cart. And you always call it the Costco. The Costco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I do it because I got that from some stupid show where um, it kind of, maybe it was from uh, Saturday Night Live when they talk about the bears, you know, the kind of deal. It's like the Ohio. Ohio State uh, University, yeah. or, the, yeah, and, or I hear I hear it from something else. Yeah, they talk about different sports. Uh, the New York Giants, or something yeah. like that, or I don't well, know. Or the Bears, it's the Bears. The Bears, yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm, I, you know, as I as I over the years, I've kind of developed my own personality, my own persona. So, I just happen all of a sudden yeah, I'm at the Costco, and I'm like, well, well that's what we're going to call it. We're going to, I'm at the Costco, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's what we're going to do. Normally, I shop at either my store that I work at or at the Stater Brothers, you know, in town or whatever. But uh, Costco, I hit up probably once or twice a month just to kind of get the essentials, uh, the, the yeah. larger essentials, buy in bulk yeah. on some of that stuff. Um, but, yeah, I it was funny because when he stopped me and told me that, I, I freaked out. I was like, wow, I wonder what my store is going through. And I, I didn't get a chance. I said, well, I've been on vacation, so I don't know what my store is going through right now. And personally, I hadn't had a vacation in over a year, so I don't really care, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't. So I, I don't care. And uh, when I go back to when I go back to work on Monday, then I'm all business. Uh, but right now, <clears throat> it's you know what, what's what's going on with this whole disease thing. Um, I'm not too concerned about it right now. And honestly, I'm not real concerned about traveling. Uh, we were gonna we had a plan to go to Europe at begin at you know several months ago. We talked about going to Europe in uh, July. It's our, going to be our 25th wedding anniversary, hey, right so we on. wanted to, you know, do something nice. But instead of going to Europe, we changed it to uh, Hawaii. So we don't know how that's going to, you know, that's going to go down. And um, my wife and daughter and her friend, they were all going to go to Coachella. My wife's been going to Coachella last yeah, couple of years. Canceled. It was canceled. Well, they postponed it to October. Yeah. So you know, my wife's all upset and, and frustrated, and she's walking around. I'm going. I go, honey, it's just. It's it's a bunch of people, a bunch of bands playing music, and there's a bunch of people smoking weed. I go, what are you missing? I go, I go, are you going there for the weed or for the for the music? What's going on? You know, I mean, maybe she yeah. go over there for the weed. I mean, because maybe that'll help fight off some of the coronavirus. But no, she, I'm just yeah, obviously I'm, I'm teasing. But um, I've never gone, but I I hear there's a lot more than weed going on at that. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, of course, you know. But it's open. It's yeah. on the. It's on. It looks like a grassy. fun event. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, my, my daughter. My wife were telling me that she goes, you, Dad, you wouldn't have fun because you'd get too tired standing around. You'd get frustrated with so many people bumping into you and all the weed and smoke going on over there, all the cigarette smoke and things like that. You know, you, it would drive you crazy. I go, yeah, you're probably <laughs> right. But they had some really cool. They had some really cool bands oh, yeah, at Coachella. Yeah, yeah. Um, they actually met Justin Bieber. I think it was a year or two ago. He was right. he was there, and my wife said <laughs> they took a picture with him. They took a picture of him, and <laughs> my wife said, uh. Yeah, we th- we think he was high when he was over there. I go without a doubt, he Bieber, was probably yeah, yeah. he's probably stoned out of his mind over there. He was wearing cut off jean shorts and I think a t shirt or no shirt or something. And and I'm like, yeah, that's that's Bieber. <laughs> well, you know, Pearl Jam just canceled their part of their tour. Yeah, I heard something about that. I thought there was another band that did or some other bands that were canceling. Well, you tours. know, the Stones are going to be here in a couple of months in in San Diego. Not if this thing keeps going. Yeah, I would imagine they're gonna they they're. Uh, Cause I do they? I wonder if they all live here or they live in the UK. 
I would think I thought um, I'm drawing a blank on the lead singer uh, Mick, Mick Jagger. Jagger yeah. Uh, I thought he lived here in in L.A. or somewhere. Well, but I'm sure they have California. homes all over the they world. Probably, yeah, of yeah. course. They, a problem, yeah. yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of sad. So we don't we don't know what's going to happen going forward. But I do know that when something like this goes down, people really you know lose their minds a bit and they go a little crazy. Well, so in the let's go down this category of losing their minds. You you work in the in the grocery industry. Yep. Why? Okay, I get why people are buying water. Yeah, kind of. Right. Why toilet paper and paper towels? Why do you think those are so hot? Well, you know, a lot of people, if you noticed, they're posting memes about, um, you know, it's not a a, a, a a sickness where you need toilet paper for your rear end or whatever like yeah. that. It's it's a respiratory or whatever it is. But think about it for a moment. If this is getting serious, if they're canceling games, they're canceling seasons, they're canceling travel. And all of a sudden, you know, your local authorities tell you, uh, sorry, folks, you are quarantined to your house for at least two weeks. And you don't have the necessary, you know, supplies to get you through. You need toilet paper. You need towels. You need you need water. You need food. I mean, you need that kind of stuff. I mean, you can get by without toilet paper if you, you know, use something <laughs> else, I guess. But, it, I mean, are we able to use the water? Is the water going to have, you know, the, the disease in it? You know, I mean, actually to wash ourselves. Um, but that's just one of those things I was thinking about today when, when I knew I was going to meet up with you. Know, I'm sitting there listening to these people put up these stupid memes on, on Facebook. And I'm reading into this stuff. I'm going, this is ridiculous, okay? Um, everybody needs toilet paper, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that's an essential. Everybody needs water and food. You know, it's just everybody, it's just one of those things that you have to have as part of your essentials. So that's why I would think that people would stock up on that yeah, stuff. See, now, that makes sense that if there is a potential of a quarantine yep. and you can't travel, you've got to be able to be self-sustaining at home. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get that. Right. You know, it makes you, you know, there, there's this whole category of people that they call, it, call them doomsday preppers, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they've got like the bunker and, and they've stock up on food and ammo. I thought and about doing those. that myself. You know, and I, I started actually building one of those after one of the earthquakes. Mm-hmm. And I have like water and, and some emergency supplies, but I thought it would be good to like really build it out and just get some shelving, a lot of canned goods. And, but I never really finished that project. And now I'm thinking, well, crap, I need to finish that project. Well, do you ha- are you building it here at the house? No, just a, a section of my garage. Oh, in your garage. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I remember I downloaded a list of all the things. And it was, again, it was from the perspective of like an earthquake or like a blackout. So you had to have like flashlights and first aid kits and, yeah. you know, and then canned goods and, you know, you know, something to create a fire, like, you know, like, like matches and, you know, all these different things that you needed. Um, survival stuff. Survival stuff. Yeah. So you can, like, be okay for, like, a week or something if, if, if it got kind of crazy. I think everybody should have uh, uh, extra of the essentials. Um, yeah. Flashlights, obviously. Yeah. Matches or, you know, candles, things yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. People are always telling you keep candles around the house in case of a blackout. You know, keep extra water in the house in case of a water shortage or potential contamination like we had. OK, so we had the we had the Poway water I- issue. Yeah. OK, that was one of the things that I, I you know, just thought about right now. And people were freaking out about the water. So, you know, people were, were tearing the shells apart with water. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. We got torn up over there, too. They yeah. took all our water. It was mm-hmm. empty pallets of water. People were coming and grabbing it, uh-huh. walking out with stuff. 
and it was ridiculous. But, you know, as well as things where the water got a little dirty, got some soil on her, like yeah, that from yeah. what I understand. And yeah. once we found out what it was, what it really was, it was, wasn't anything really that major from what I'm, what I'm gathering, I guess it got some of the soil in it or something like that. Got it was, some dirt in it. Stormwater. Stormwater. Yeah. yeah, yeah like runoff. And, and, you know, look, I get it. You know, I mean, we, we don't want to use any of that stuff or be drinking any of that stuff, but you know, it's one of those things where, again, people freaked out and, um, they went crazy, but the water, I understand, totally understand that you gotta, you gotta have good drinking water. But yeah, you're right. And I, I think I've got to finish this project. I've got to, I got to get everything ready. So I have enough, uh, inventory because I never really, you know, you just go through life thinking, yeah, if I ever need something, I just go to the grocery store, you know, I go to the Costco and I can always get it. And now you're thinking, Oh, crap. Now, granted, I'm not like going to stock up on, you know, AR-15s and ammo and everything else. But well, some people that are going to be doing well, there's no doing doubt, that right now. You know, there's some people <laughs> that are preparing for a Mad Max universe, yep. um, you know, Thunderdome. But uh, at least having, yeah, basic life essentials. And so I was thinking about that, you know, like a couple of days ago. Um, yeah. And, and so really now I think. You know, granted, don't take this the wrong way because you work in the grocery industry and you go to all these places and inventories out and you're scrambling and they have pallet drops and they, mm. they're gone in nine minutes. Yep. I'm wondering if what I need to do is just to go back to my list of like the 20 or 30 things I need and just order them on Amazon and, then, yeah. and just have them delivered, drop shipped, and they'll be nicely boxed and they're stored and just shelved and just it's done. Well, Peace of mind. People have done that. People have mentioned on social media that they that they've done that. They're, they'll just order from from Amazon or whatever, and and that's fine. Amazon's becoming our biggest one of our biggest threats, uh, of course. But you know they're also essential for our daily lives nowadays. I order a ton of stuff from Amazon. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but but it doesn't stop me from going to a traditional grocery store and buying the essentials that I need. We, we, you know what I mean? But there's different so, things that you get at different places. Of course, yeah. yeah. You you, know, I, you go to Costco for you know once or twice a month. You get bulk up on towels and other things, you know, and and, and some snacks type foods or whatever, yeah. um, and uh, some foods that you cook for dinners. They have re- they have really good stuff over there. You go to the grocery store for just about everything else, you know. Yeah, I mean, fresh produce, yada yada. Yeah, yeah right. Of course, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. So yeah. I mean, everybody's going to get a piece of the pie. Yeah. Um, and then when there's you know when there's a, some kind of an epidemic like this or some kind of a you know, a scare like this, people are planning ahead. If they can't get at the store, they're going to do it online. And yeah, it, it's readily available that comes that day or the next day. So don't really worry. So let's, I want to take this down a little bit of a different angle. So sure. right now we're hearing all of the negativity of everything related to coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to suggest that there could be a silver lining from this. And, and there is a potential positive. And this is a topic that I've talked about before in other podcasts. Right now, a lot of people, like, for example, students in universities, they're being told to stay in their dorms or their apartments. They're not going to the lecture halls, right? And they're being able to, they can study online. You know, maybe the lectures will be online and notes are online. Mm-hmm. Um, they, can, they can study remotely. The same thing's happening for certain people, depending on their career. They're working from home. Mm-hmm. OK. Yep. And um, and I think if we go through the, I mean, because I know the universities, I think it was the University of Minnesota. They said this is going to last until at least early April, that they were going to have students away from classrooms. Um, and, you know, some of the universities in California, the same thing. Has it affected your son? 
Uh, no, as far as I know, he's he's in class. He hasn't. Um, my wife hasn't told me that he's coming home or he's on break or anything like that. Other than his regular um, spring, uh, what is it? Spring break. Spring break. Yeah, spring yeah. break. Same for my son. But you know, things may change. I don't know. But yeah. but I guess what I'm getting at is is that when people are being forced to either study from home or work from home, and they do it for two or three weeks, I think some people are going to say, "Hey, this is this isn't that bad." This is not this is kind of a good thing in a way and I don't have to deal with a lot of the riffraff and the travel and the crowds and um especially if you're working from home you don't have to commute and I've often contended that one of the reasons that college is so expensive is because of everything that's on campus you know the buildings and the administration and everything that's on campus imagine if a lecture hall that would normally hold, let's say, 100 students, you could have 500 people in that class now because they're all remote. That could bring the cost of education down. It could free up people to have better control of their schedule if they're a student. And if you are a worker and you're working from home and you're really liking it, from your perspective, you're saving time. You're not commuting, not dealing with the hassle. It's also good for the climate because there's less people on the roads. That minimizes traffic for everybody else. And then if businesses may decide, hey, I like this too, we don't need as much square footage. We can reduce our leases, reduce our expenses. So I think what I'm getting at is, is that when people are remote, I think people are going to decide that, hey, this isn't that bad. And there's a lot of upside to it. Yeah, I think in theory that could be good. But um, unfortunately, with like in, in the business that I'm in, there's just no way around that. Oh, unless, yeah, no, unless, yeah. we, unless we go to strictly delivery service, but we still have to warehouse the product. We'd still have to, you know, for fresh produce, things like that, your fresh product, you know, hot meals, things like that. Somebody's still got to be in a, in, in a facility cooking that and prepping that stuff. So regardless, I would still have to be a a figure in in an actual brick and mortar building. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not going to be delivering groceries from 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 some big old uh, warehouse somewhere and dropping them off people's houses. Um, That would be that, you know, that would be like that's what the Amazons are are, are geared for. Um, So if anything that this that this whole outbreak is is maybe going to teach us is that, like you were saying, Maybe we can be a little bit more remote and not have to be out um, out and about, and we can be focused on uh, doing our jobs or taking care of our clients or, 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 or our jobs from the comfort of our homes. But then there's some downsides to that, too. You're cooped up in your house all day long, and you, there's no really <laughs> no interaction. Or Your house, in my opinion, when you, when you leave your job to come home, your house is a certain sanctuary. That's true. It's got to be a place where you can decompress. Mm-hmm. So if you're bringing work into the house, you're never decompressing. You're constantly working. You know what I mean? You, you, you never really, um, you never, you're never able to just put work, close the door and put work behind you because you're working from home. Now you could have an office set up at, in one of your rooms or something like that, and you can just close the door. But that's really. Um, uh, I'm, I'm at a loss for certain words, but it, it's it's one of those things where it's still you still gotta get up and use your bathroom. You still gotta get up and use your refrigerator when you get hungry for a snack or for lunch or something like that. So, and work is still on your mind. So I, I get it. I, it. It's great, but in a situation like this, yes, remotely, 
would be great. It would be awesome to be able to do this out of the comfort of your own home, and, and it would be a lot cheaper in some instances. But I don't think they'll ever do that because with I, I, I'm, I'm with you, and I, I think we might be on the same page here. I just think that college and everything that we're paying for is ridiculously high. Yeah. And I get it. I, I, I don't think the colleges are ever going to want us to, to uh, stop making those high payments. They got salaries to pay. Yeah. They've got overhead to pay. They've got uh, rents to pay. You know, they got to pay for upgrades and, and maintenance and upkeep of these colleges. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous uh, how much we pay as parents and how much we've paid as students uh, 30 years ago compared to what we're oh, paying yeah, it's now. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I, so, yeah, I like I said before, if it's anything this has taught us is that we can be we can sustain in indoors if we had to. Well, you know, I, it's interesting is that you and I have very different careers because your career, you have to be there to serve yep. customers, yep. to deal with product. Um, you can't do it remotely. No. Nope. Um, now, what I do, I do a lot remotely already. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a, a, a marketing consultancy that I, I run. And so I do a lot of project work for my clients. And I do it all from home. Okay, and then um, I also have other clients that I do consulting work for. And sometimes I go in their office and sometimes I work from home. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm specifically I go into my clients' offices for certain hours on certain days specifically to attend meetings. But a lot of other meetings that I'm doing now is all remote, mm. you know? Yeah. So I'm doing like a Google Hangout or something like that. So it's it's conference, audio, video, and it's just like you're there. Um, so you're right, though, that because because I'm an entrepreneur, my mind is always thinking about my business. Mm-hmm. It's not like I punch out at 5 o'clock and I'm done, you know? But I'm, I've been doing it for so long, it doesn't feel foreign to me, you know, where – I'm working in my home and I'm using my home bathroom and thankfully we've got enough toilet paper. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> um, but to me, it's okay. Um, but I found it to be very liberating that my commute is like 20 steps out of my bedroom. Yeah. Um, so imagine the people that like live in, you know, Murrieta or Lake yeah, Elsinore yeah. that are commuting into San Diego. Mm-hmm. My goodness. So I, I, I'm, I'm suggesting that there might be an upside to this whole this whole coronavirus thing in terms of the transformation to the economy because the economy is obviously being heavily disrupted right now mm-hmm. you know the supply chains are are being damaged coming from from asia uh, people aren't working so there's less productivity um, that's why the stock market's going bananas it's partly why it's going bananas um, so i'm just curious how it's going to look like when we come out the other side whenever that is I have a strong feeling that, you know, we'll get past this and we'll excel and we'll be fine. You know, we, we always had challenges in the last couple hundred years or whatever, mm-hmm. 150 years or whatever it is, you know, and uh, that we've been, you know, this country has been around a long time. And, and I, I, you know, at least since I've been around in almost 50 years, um, we've had some hard times and we've been able to excel from that. I don't see I don't see us having any long term issues uh, once the economy starts booming again. Uh, money's coming in and money's still coming in. You know, I mean, the stock market's way down right now from what they're saying. It's down like what eighteen hundred points or the Dow or Nasdaq or I don't. I, I just kind of 
got some glimpses of it here and there. I'm sure mm-hmm. some people are going to correct me, and that's fine. <laughs> I don't care. You know, that's totally fine. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't have the facts in front of me. That's okay. What are your facts? We're just well, two guys no talking here. on a yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly. You exactly. know, it's not like we're so, you know Walter Cronkite or something. Right. You know, and I understand all this. It, it hurts the economy, but honestly, the economy's still going. Yeah, yeah. People are still buying. People are still, you know, out there and about. T- take me back to we, we talked we touched on it when, before we started recording this podcast. Okay, about the day we had the big blackout. Yeah, that was that was another one. So walk me through that from your position in the grocery industry. What, was that an unusual time for you? I wouldn't say it was un well. That was yeah because I let's think that tee, was, let's tee this up. What when was this roughly and what had happened and you were. It was around. It's like about eight or nine years ago, wasn't it? Oh, I'm drawing a blank. It was um, 2012, 2011, 2012. Yeah, so there you go. So like eight, eight or nine yeah, years. Yeah, about eight or nine years ago. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, I remember being at the store in Del Sur. That's when it when it went down. Um, but it was like all the San Diego County sure was blacked the out. Store I was at. Yeah, I think that's the year it was. Everything was out. It, but, it, you know what? You know, you know, I'll tell you how, you know how that ended up happening. It was an employee, from what I understand, who accidentally uh, shut something down by mistake. I think it was somebody in Arizona that had yeah that shut something down by mistake. One guy, one guy, took everything out. Yeah, and it, and it was like by accident, right? And it, and, and it took like a a day or two to get everything back, right? It, yeah, it was it was yeah you know, it was funny because. Um, at that store, it was at that store that I was at because I used to talk to Trevor Hoffman's wife all the time. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I'd see Trevor in there, and I'd say hi to him. He's a really, really nice guy. And uh, Tracy would come in there all the time. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'd ask, i talked to her. I said, hey, so what did you guys do? You know, because we were kind of chatting a bit. She goes, well, we just, in our neighborhood, everybody just gra- grabbed all the food out of their fridge and out of their freezers and just started having one big party. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, my, my brother was... Uh, I, my brother was posting stuff up about him barbecuing with his neighbors, things like that, and we didn't do any of that. You know, we we didn't have one of those things in our neighborhood, but um, we just had to throw everything away. That just we didn't cook everything up. And um, but so to get back to what you were saying, so what happened was we had the blackout, um, and if I remember correctly, the we were able, we had the lights on, so we had backup generators, and we were I'm pretty sure we were able to use the check stands. I, from what I remember, it's been so long, it's, I'm vague on it, but people were coming in and grabbing whatever they could, water, yeah. everything they could. And um, I remember just people just trying to come in in droves, and we were shutting the store down early. We were trying to get out of there. So I think we had the store shut down by 7 o'clock or something like that, and we just started refusing people and pushing them well, away. Well, you probably had no lights at that point, right? Or we may have generators. Right? Well, I think uh, for safety... And for our safety and stuff like that, we also had the San Diego PD there, and they were at the doors helping us out. You know, a couple of cops came up, and, and they were really nice, and and they had asked us, hey, do you mind if we grab some stuff? Because we're going to be out and about. I'm like, absolutely, man. Go yeah, help yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. I was working in produce at the time, and I was manning the door. I was just a clerk at that time, and um, uh, I said, you know, I go, you guys, go grab whatever you need, because we know and we appreciate you being here and helping yeah, us out. Sure. The cops were just they were excellent. They stood by the door. They made sure that they support us when we were sh- moving customers away. And they just said, hey, man, you mind if we grab some food? Because we're going to be here all night doing stuff or whatever. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. They got food from the deli. They got waters, 
drinks, things like that. And, uh, you know, they, we took care of them. Actually, I think we might have just given it to them um, because they were there helping us out. Yeah, cool. If I remember. Cool. Um, because, you know, our first responders, they're, 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 they're huge players when it comes down to stuff like this. Our oh, firefighters, course, our police yeah. officers, you know, um, our paramedics, those kind of people that are coming in and helping us with that kind of stuff. If somebody gets hurt. Um, you know, I mean, there's very few of them. There's a lot of us. So, you know, for them to spread themselves out to do that, that was awesome. So back to what we were talking about. Yeah, of course, if people were coming in the store trying to grab whatever they could, I bought water from my house and um, I got home, made sure we had the water. My wife had, I think we had these little push lights or something or candles all over the house to keep things going. And you know what? It wasn't that big of a deal. And the customers were well behaved? Yeah. You know, it was funny because I had a customer who I got to know really well there also. She was from New York originally, and she says, this stuff would happen all the time on the East Coast, and it's no big deal. I can't believe people here are just so freaking out over all this mm-hmm. stuff. Well, when you're not used to things like this happening, you take things for granted. Oh, completely, yeah. You know, you're like, you, 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 just because the sun shines in San Diego 345 days out of the year, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, when we have a blackout, it's got, the sun's going to come up magically. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. So, um it was uh, it was interesting to see, to learn from that, you know, and, and I have my wheels turning also. So at least now that, you know, I'm in a management position at the store and I run the pro department, but I've been in management positions all my life through, off and on through the grocery yeah. industry. And I've learned how to handle these situations because the question that needs to be talked about is, you know, as a manager, as, a, as an employee or as a person in this in this industry, how do you handle the situations when customers come in there and they're panicking, they're freaking out? Yeah. The best way to handle it is just be patient and understand that these people are scared and they have needs and they 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 are they have they want to get some stuff as soon as they can and get back home to their families. I mean, I had to turn people away because we were actually shutting the doors and it made me sad because I had people that I knew. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a community guy. <laughs> yes, and customers are. are coming up, and I was just yeah. like, you know what? I'm sorry, we have to close the doors. You know, the cops are here. You know, it's time for us to go. We're all leaving. We're shutting it down. I had to turn people away, and and one of the ladies was like, you know, it's okay, it's okay, Mike. I I understand. And I felt horrible because I didn't want to turn anybody away. Right. But it comes a time where you just have to, you have to be safe too. You have to get people out of the store because it's not safe for them to be in there. So. As, as a retailer and as somebody who's real concerned about people in this community and, you know, you got to make those tough decisions sometimes. And I'm like, do you have the stuff do you need? You know, can you give? She goes, I'm fine. You know, we will be all right. I understand. Okay, great. Right. Well, here's a crazy question. Sure. Have you ever experienced or um, looting like, you know, like Katrina or, you know, after the OJ situation yeah, in South yeah. Central? So, so, <laughs> so and what was that, 1990? The OJ, that, the OJ thing? That was 94. Are you sure it was 94? No, because I left my store. Oh, no, 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 it was 90, no, 90 or 91. Me. That was Rodney King. Rodney King, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm not sorry. OJ. Okay. And, and it was Rodney, in 90. It was Rodney, in 90. Rodney King. Yeah. Okay, so um, here I am. I'm a 20-year-old kid. Uh, this is, or I'm 19, I think I'm 19, no, I'm 20 years old. I think, are you sure it was 90 or 91? Because I, I, I was about twenty, so let's, let's yeah. just say let's just say ninety one. Because <laughs> right I was I was about twenty when it happened. Yeah. Um, I come in at uh, I, I'm the backup crew chief on the night crew. But this, you're in San Diego. I'm right? in San Diego. I'm down in. I call it East San Diego. But, okay. Uh, the rest of the people call it East uh, City Heights. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I call it East San Diego because that's what it was when I was a kid growing up. 
And uh, so I'm on East Side, and I'm working at the Lucky or the Food Basket Lucky at the time. There, it was the Lucky at that at that time. And I'm the backup crew chief. I'm this 20 year old kid, and I, I see all this stuff going on. What does on that the mean, news. crew chief? So crew chief is the night crew. You know, they, I was the backup night crew manager. You come in, you know, stock the shelves. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so you had a crew chief who ran the night crew, and um, you know, he he was in charge of writing the orders and scheduling and, and running, you know, putting people in places where they need to be. Well, I was the backup. So you're like the wingman. Yeah, I was I was the right hand guy when yeah, the crew, yeah. crew chief was off. Sure. I was the guy in charge, and I'm this kid, right? Yeah, yeah. twenty year old kid. I mean, I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know, I mean, I I I, I know how to work. I know how to, you know, everybody knew their jobs, so I didn't have to worry about that. But here I come walking in. It's I get there early. I live. I live. I was living over by. It was with my grandmother over by San Diego State, up up uh, past San Diego State, up north a little bit. So um, I had moved out of East San Diego at the time, and I saw this stuff going on because I can only imagine what it was like in East San Diego at the time when it was going on. Yeah. Okay. So what happened was I walk in, and the closing manager is talking to the cops. His face was red. Somebody punched him. Really? Um, yeah, they threw a rock through the window, and those windows are hard to break. But some some guy was trying to walk out with with a basket full of groceries, like he was entitled to it, you know. And he was walking out. He goes, "Oh, I'm taking this," and I'm walking out with his groceries. Really? Yeah, walking out with the groceries. The manager tried to stop him. They got in a fight, and he got hit. And so uh, there was a there was a little bit of a brawl. And uh, here, this is in San Diego, but it doesn't matter. People are knuckleheaded, anyways. You know, they don't care. So they end up kicking that guy out and he picked up a big rock and threw it through the window and yada 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 and the the cops came and and all of us there was probably half a dozen of us that showed up to work that night to work the overnight shift yeah and we had our cars in the parking lot and that's a rough area of town it was a rough area of time we've had cars stolen out of that parking lot overnight and we've had gang members cruising through the the parking lot causing problems crackheads crackheads everywhere that's back you know Partly when the when the crackhead epidemic was, yeah, that was still a, going strong. Yeah, yeah, it was because it, it hit pretty hard in the mid '80s in East San Diego. Sure, and, and it got real rough. Um, and so you know we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know if people were going to bust through those doors, come in shooting. We didn't know what was going to go on. We didn't know if they were going to bust doors down and bust the doors down and loot everything. Um, so I was freaking out. You know, I was like, okay, I'm in charge. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so my boss, my store manager, showed up that night. And we are all standing there. And he looked at me and he says, Mike, <laughs> he said, if they come through that front door, you guys go out that back door. And I go, we're dead either way. <laughs> right. We're not going to get away. We're on 43rd. Is four, between, okay, so the store was on 43rd University Avenue. Okay, I kind of roughly know where Fairmont, that is. It's between Fairmont 43rd yeah. and University. It's right there, that, right yeah. there. And I knew that neighborhood like the back of my hand because I was raised there, right? Right. Um, but I didn't have, I mean, I had some, I still had some friends that lived around there. So I might have had a clear shot to get away and go to somebody's <laughs> house, but, you know, maybe survive. I don't know. But the neighborhood was getting kind of, but you know what's funny about it is um, we were worried about the cars. Nothing happened to the cars. We thought they were going to burn them up. We thought people were going to bust through the doors. And, you know, that didn't happen. Um, it just calmed down. Good. So Good. so we just went to work. We did our job. We kept checking outside to make sure everything was cool. And the sun came up in San Diego once again. 
So there was only only one incident, that one guy. Just that incident in, in that store. Right. You know, obviously tensions were high, you know. Yeah, of course. Amongst the community and things like that. Yeah. And uh, and I get it. Um, but for us, that, that was the only incident at that store. I'm sure there was other incidents at other stores around San Diego um, that were having some issues in the same neighborhood area, you know, there. And um, But I don't recall any of that stuff. I just know that that's what happened to us. And, you know, the next day we walked out to our cars, went home, went to bed, and, you know, it just kind of cooled off. And, you know, that was one of those things where, you know, it just stuff like that happens. But it's a learning, it's, it's a learning thing. You know, you start to really learn how your community reacts to situations. Mm-hmm. And again, that was the media. You could thank the media for that one. Right, yeah. Right, they put the video up. They didn't show the entire thing. Yeah. They, they, they showed what they wanted to show. And even the guy that sent the video in was, was I think, a little bit beside himself for sending that video in because he didn't realize it was going to have that kind of effect. But, you know, you've got the video warriors out there now. And, with you know, the iPhone or the, the cell phone warriors, you know, they want to get everything. And, yeah. and you know, it's good. It, it's good because in a lot of ways because it helps um, the community – police the police or mm-hmm. police bad things that are happening, you know? Yeah. But there's too many people having their cell phones out not getting involved. Ah, uh, uh, okay, yeah. And that's a problem for me. Um, people are getting beat up and then they're just standing there watching this thing happen or people are robbing places and they're watching this thing happening and, 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 and they're not doing anything about it. I'm like, why don't you put your damn cell phone down and lend a hand to help somebody out? Right. We're becoming a, com- a community of... Um, less compassionate, I want to say. We're not as compassionate. We are, but but some of that has gone away in the wayside with some of the younger generation. Everybody's got a cell phone, so all they want to do is videotape and put it on. They want to be the next YouTube uh, champion. <laughs> videotape. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I, I said tape. Sorry about that. I, I'm dating myself now. <laughs> right. But you see what I'm saying. You yeah. Know, so it, 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 the, the world we live in is so far different than it was uh, we, we live such a great, we don't realize how great we had it in the seventies and eighties growing up, uh, compared to what we have, even in the nineties. And, and even now we're so attached to our, our, our little gadgets, our, our cell phones and everything that we've got because technology has come along so far. But unfortunately that technology does not teach us the basic skills necessary to survive. And, and they're, they're so used to being everything being automatic that they never that we don't teach our kids or our communities the basics anymore. That's why people freak out. I think because they don't know what to do. Right. They're so used to having the lap of luxury where they live, whether you're rich or poor or middle class in, in our in our society. We're not teaching our communities the basic uh, essentials, the basic uh, requirements to survive. You know, everybody knows you go to work, you get paid. You go spend your money on, you know, gas and food and 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 and, and rent or yeah. mortgages. Yeah. What do you do when a crisis happens? Yeah. Remember when we were kids, we used to run under the desks. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Hey, there's emergency. Get under the desk. Yeah. We were ready for a war. <laughs> right. That was yeah. That was the the Cold War, and and then it also then it became more earthquake oriented. Right. Right. Um, exactly. But yeah, you know, we live uh, such a um, uh, we're in a, you know, overall a very wealthy society with a lot of luxuries and to go down to a 
for lack of a better term, more primitive situation, yeah, you know, you where you, you kind of have to, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to make that adjustment. Um, yeah, so that's probably part why there's this hysteria over, over toilet paper. Because we're not prepared as a, as a nation. Yeah. We're not really prepared to deal with um, emergency situations like that. And this, this is the thing that I think we lack in our schools and in our communities is uh, self-awareness and mm-hmm. um, self-preservation as far as – maybe that's not the right word I want to use, but just one of those things where – Safety matters and how to be safe and how to take care of, you know, people around you and how to survive. Yeah. I mean, I think the military is great for, for a lot of that. Or you like Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, things like yeah. that, because they still teach you things about survival. Um, and I don't th- I think communities need to learn more about that. I don't care if it's you learn it from the Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. you know, because they know how to do all that stuff. They've they learned, do. you yeah, know, have, kids yeah. all did it. So, um so I think that's one of the things that uh, we need to do more of going forward or else we're going to continue to have this uh, th- this freak out nation where everybody <laughs> just wants – they don't know what to do with themselves. It is nuts. I mean I made a list of all the different things that were going on related to, to um, coronavirus and I was – literally handwriting things when you arrived because they, the news was breaking. Right. So the NBA canceled their season and I couldn't believe it. Um, but um, – God, what else is in here? We've touched on a lot of this already. Um, you, you know, we had talked earlier about um, way these stadiums are like are shutting down, uh, not having any of those games, and like all those workers that are out of work. Yeah. But then you think about like all the gig workers that like support those businesses, like the you know the Uber drivers, and you know, and then they're screwed because right. their people aren't going into the stadium. Um, and taxis, it, things like taxi. that. The, 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 the airports are probably going to shut down at some point. Well, you know, it's interesting is President Trump made a statement that they were going to offer some kind of a relief package for certain industries. Right. Yeah. And I think it was like for hotels and cruise ships and maybe airlines. And I don't know if it was like a subsidy or if it was like, it was like tax like breaks. Thing. It was yeah. kind of kind of telling. But yeah. I was thinking, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean – I understand why what he's trying to do, but like let's say for example, you're given a, a break to you know the hotels, which by the way, Trump owns a bunch of hotels. Yeah, right. But right. Um, but the, all the companies that supply products and services for those hotels, or for the you know the companies that provide all the food for the cruise ships, mm-hmm. they don't get a break. You know, it's just the so the targeted industries. So you're so we're going to start seeing more of this. Like if the economy does take a swing. I wonder what they're going to do to try to lift it up. And are they going to give out certain benefits to certain people? I think we're going to find out. Well, I don't know. I didn't watch the whole thing, so I don't know um, if he touched on specifics exactly. Yeah, he didn't. I think, I he, think, I think he was – I think he was just – he was in a gray area with that. And um, I think he was kind of touching on a spectrum, but I, I don't know if he's touching on all the little men, men and he women out there. He was talking about suspending the payroll tax. You know, like that, the what we like six point two percent that we kick in for social. Yeah, Security. I remember him saying something about yeah, that. That's um, interesting. So it's we're going to see more on this. It's still early, you know, but a lot of that's going to come. Um, but uh, you know, talking about travel, um, I was listening to this guy, and he was saying that you can get a, a plane flight to Rome for three hundred dollars. Yeah, that's another thing. Everybody's been <laughs> posting up. 
oh, I get a trip to go this and this place and that place for 200 bucks. You know, we're going. I'm like, oh, OK. But if you fly to Rome, everything's shut down. Yeah. Right. You just walk the streets and yeah. then, you know, they, OK, is, is, are there any bed and breakfast is open or is there any hotels well, open? If you walk the streets, the cops will tell you to get back to your hotel room. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're, you can't go to Italy anyways. I think Italy's probably shut down to everybody. I think so. Um, and that's one of the places I wanted to go. But, uh, hey, you know. I don't think this this is going to be something. I feel that this thing is going to you know, obviously, you know, blow blow past eventually, and you know we'll get through this like everything else we've gotten through. You know, I mean, people have survived atom bombs and 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 you know people have survived <laughs> well, tornadoes. Well, not everyone. <laughs> well, you know, I, mean, I know what you mean. You know, I mean, eventually, I, yeah, it, it passes. You, get, you know, yeah, we 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 survived wars and 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 famine and diseases and stuff for for thousands of years you know i mean this is this is nothing and i think people need to start taking a more positive approach to it and just realizing you know i still gotta live my life right you know i mean how many people is this gonna take down is it gonna take down the whole nation okay well you know what i'm at least i'm gonna live when it takes me down i'm not gonna be cooped up in my house right and we we have to keep we can't lose sight of that during all this hysteria we have to live our life take care of our responsibilities earn a living Mm -hmm. stay on track we, but, you know, we have a heightened sense of awareness. Yep. Right? Yep. You know, and, um, you know, we, we're, uh, you know, not shaking everyone's hand. You know, we're washing our hands a lot and not unnecessarily going to large events. But for you and I, you know, we're not the ones that are going to be most at risk. It's going to be older people that are going to be. That's what they were saying, yeah. Yeah, like 70s, 80s. Those are the people that will have a much greater death rate from this sort of thing. Right. You know, because I think it'll just inflame other chronic challenges they already have. Like if they're suffering from pneumonia or whatever, this will make it even worse. But they mentioned that in the news before about um, when there was an epidemic of a flu, yeah. how, how, you know, the elderly, elderly are more susceptible to passing from yeah. a flu. And they've been talking about this for the last couple of years, how, oh, an elderly person from here passed away from the flu recently. And, and we talk about like hotter climates, like in Texas. It was so hot one year in Texas. We were there. Uh, you know, my wife had a convention there, and it, the weather was so hot. We got home fr- from our trip. It was back in '98 or '99, and talked about the death toll there. But it really affected more elderly people. So, right. you know, I mean, that's that's another thing you have to worry about when you start getting up there in the age. Is okay. Well, then I can see taking more precautions. Maybe that's why old. Older people like to just stay in the house. They never leave <laughs> for the most part. Well, yeah, you know, but they got to get out once in a while. <laughs> so, you know, we're still early in this. And, you know, I, some people are projecting that in, again, this may be a hysteria that in two weeks, America might be kind of similar to what's happening in Italy, that some people are projecting it could do that. Um, I guess we just got to stay the course. Take necessary precautions, be smart, and we'll hope this whole thing works out for the best. Well, I hope so. I hope so, too. And you're going to go back to work on Monday. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been a nice 12 days, I think it was. And yeah. It goes by so fast. And um, uh, I'm not looking forward to going back. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a few people on my customers and seeing how it's going. But 
I'm not looking forward to dealing with a lot of the hakes that's going to come along with this whole thing. But well, yeah, of course. I don't think it's that bad. And I'll find out our status tomorrow. I'm going to head into the store tomorrow and pick up my check and and um, you know talk to a couple of the employees well, here. No one looks forward to coming home from uh, coming back from vacation. <laughs> no, of course not. You know, I'm growing a beard, trying to get a beard growing here. Yeah, I'm, good for I'm, you. Not, I'm gonna let them grow out just just because. And uh, you know, it, it's it, it, it was fun. It's been it's been a nice relaxing time for me just to kind of decompress and and get things get caught up on some things around the house, uh, even though there is this madness that's going around. I'm not letting it bother me, right? You know, good. So I'm still hitting up the Costco. The Costco, <laughs> yeah. I keep keep doing those videos. And you do cooking videos too. I've seen that. What's well, yeah? What's a while? I have to do another one here pretty soon. And you're always on the treadmill lately. Yeah, I didn't do it today. I didn't work out today at all. Um, but you're inspiring me. I'm trying. I'm trying to get people more focused on getting out and doing things, you know, or, or trying to exercise. And a lot of people have mentioned that. It means a lot to me that I'm actually touching people. You are. I have you're, a you're lot touching of me there. You're, you're, you're motivating me. And, you know, I'm, look, I'm, I'm not where I'm at physically yet. And I, but the fact that I'm at least trying to do a little something every day yeah. is, is important. Yes, it As, is. Especially when I'm on vacation. Mm hmm. You know, if I'm on vacation, I have to be, I have to keep moving. Today was a very lazy day. I will say, though, <laughs> well, you're entitled. You're on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so um, l- let me switch gears completely. OK. What What's new in your world with with cars? Any new news since we last had our podcast? Um, Nothing, nothing new. Uh, everything is just uh, the same status quo. Um, I mean, I've got a couple of things that I want to do to the cars. Mm-hmm. Um. I had a couple of mishaps with my with my uh, my Subaru STI um, <laughs> that I, I I'm getting fixed currently as as mm-hmm. as we speak. I uh, had some body damage on the rear bumper and some slight body damage and uh, some slight body damage on the front bumper underneath um, from backing into stuff or or hitting something that's too high. Like yeah, like one of those high curbs and well, you scrape you know, it. Well you know at the Union Bank over on Power Road, yeah. uh, the parking lot there, if you pull in, because there's a big tree, some of the blacktop is lifted. Ah. Well I had end up getting a little too close to it and it, the car's not lowered, but you know, I mean any car at that height would, would hit that bottom there, you yeah. know? And it just hit the blacktop, scraped scraped it all up and I was just bummed out. And so I told my wife, I said, you know what? I'm getting my car fixed. And, you know, like like most wives who aren't, you know, really car people, unless they're a car person, yeah. you know, she's like, this isn't that bad. Just leave it alone. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I went as far as to, you're going to kick out of this one. So the engine that's in the Subaru, it's called a boxer motor. Okay. And the reason they call it a boxer motor is because the pistons go like this, side, you know, oh. sideways. You know, like on a V motor, like a V8, the pistons go like that. Yeah. And on an L motor, uh, a straight motor, like I have in the Zs, yeah. the, L, the, uh, the L24 motors, um, the pistons go up and down. Right. So the Subarus have the boxer motors. They oh, go like cool. This. I never heard of that. So I ordered some stickers, and they were really cool stickers. It says, uh, let's box. And they're in red because my car is white, so I wanted to offset it with some red stickers. And it has um, uh, the two pistons going like this with a bullseye sticker in the middle like it's the engine kind of yeah. deal and there's a dot in the middle so what i did is i took the sticker and the dot and i put it right over the little holes that i had 
from the damage on the back and I covered it up so oh, it would perfect. show just temporarily till I got the car fixed. But yeah, I ended up taking it to this place in Miramar. Uh, the guy came highly recommended. He sent me pictures of it today of the rear bumper and they have it all painted and everything. And so that's a little bit of relief. I had to come out of pocket with some money and it's part of the car world, you know. But they're your babies. Well, it's a new car. And that's the thing. Yeah. Well, my wife doesn't understand that is, you know, for me, it is. They are my babies. It's one thing that I do that I enjoy when I'm not at work or when I'm going to work, coming home from work, is I get in my cars that I enjoy and I drive to work. And that at least gives me a little bit of fun, at least going and coming home. Yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, by some, you know, some, just some boneheaded mistakes, I, I you know, I put some, you know, did a little damage oh, here. Oh, yeah. Well, we all do that. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to get it fixed because it's a new car. I yeah, wanted to fix yeah, it. Yeah. Even with my old cars. Yeah. You shouldn't have... Don't feel guilty, man. No. That's your car. No, no, no. But take you know, care of it. You know, it's funny yeah. that, you know, I mean, a lot of husbands and maybe some wives out there, you know, trying to make their spouses or significant others understand that this is a passion and and they won't ever understand. You know, I mean, boy, has got a brand new car also. And, and one night she curbed two of her wheels on the right side uh, and I almost lost it. Uh, the car is an expensive car. It's a beautiful car. And she got too close to the curb and I'm sitting there in the passenger seat and I can hear it crunch. Oh, oh. And it's just like nails down a chalkboard. Oh. And I go, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I get out. I open the door. I get out. And I look, I go, Oh my God. My wife gets out of the car and she goes, what? I go, look at your rims. I go, you scratched, you scrapped, Scratch the rim of of the wheel, and, and she's. That's not that big of a deal. It's just a car. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you got this beautiful car. Yeah. You just scratched it up, and she's she's not worried about it. Yeah, but for me, I'm dying inside. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. you know, I saw that you posted on Facebook. You know, your three cars out on the street because you were clearing out your garage. That's. Uh, Less than half the stable. Yeah, that was less than half the stable. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we still have a few more cars on that. Yeah, we still have a few more. Um, the two Zs, you saw the yes. two Zs, and the STI. Right. Um, so the STI and the Gray Z were going to get detailed that day. And then my Infiniti, uh, my my QX60 that I drove tonight, the big black, uh, big black one, that one was across the street. Um, that was going to get washed up, too. And... Um, yeah, I pulled the girls out. I lined them yeah, up, you know, yeah, yeah. prayed them out there, you know, Good my babies. You. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had uh, the gray one. It was the car that the set. They're both 71 240s. And the gray one is going to be Tommy Z when he graduates. And, oh, and, and you know, I, I told you about how I told a story on that one, how I bought that one back. Yeah. After 11 years. Yeah. Right? Which is great. So and I bought it in 2006 from the original owner. And a year later, I sold it. And uh, the older gentleman I sold it to, his name is uh, Tom, and I'm sure he'll he'll check this video out. And uh, um, he he had it for you know the last uh, he had it for like 11 years. He came and bought it. Uh, long story short, you know I put it on eBay. I was I was going to sell it, and I was stupid for selling it. And um, it was one of those things that I, I regretted doing. Um, I sold it within two hours. Two hours. It was on eBay. Well, I posted on a, on a page called Zcar Zcar.com. It was one of our Facebook, well, not Facebook, one of our forum pages that we used to go to all the time until Facebook got real big from from like the late nineties till you know the yeah. late two thousands or so. And uh, he noticed that I had it posted there and I had it on eBay and and he's been talking with people that he knew that were in the Z community also. And he he reached out to me and he said, you know, 
you, um, your reputation precedes itself. And because he liked the car and he asked me if it had AC and I said, no, it doesn't have air conditioning in it. And he goes, well, I live in Arizona. That's kind of one of those, that's one of the selling points. I yeah. said, and I said, you know what? This is one of the cleanest cars you're going to find. And just because it has AC, if you don't want to buy it, that's fine by me. I'm good. I'll have, I have, I'm putting it on eBay tonight. So I put it on eBay and he contacted me again. He goes, you know what, Mike, your reputation, your reputation precedes itself from the community. He goes, I'll buy this thing. He goes, take it off of eBay. I'll be, I'll be there on Tuesday with cash. This was Sunday. He came down with his wife with the trailer on Tuesday and handed me cash, pulled the car out of the garage, pulled the car out of the garage, put it on his trailer and off it went. Wow. It, I was, and then, you know, 11 years, fast forward 11 years later, you know, he, um, messaged me about a year and a half ago. Um, he, unfortunately about two years ago, he lost his daughter and, um, you know, he's about 70. So he's, you know, he's quite a bit older than I am and, um, really, really sweetheart of a guy. And we kept in touch over all these years. And he just said, you know, um, yeah, I, I just, my wife and I are downsizing and I can't, can't really, you know, have the car anymore. Just, it's one of those things I need to get rid of. And he was brokenhearted to get rid of it. And I post pictures of it all the time on, on my page, yeah. my S30 life page, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, he'll, ch- he'll, he'll comment, you know, on it and talk about how beautiful she is. And when I got her detailed, uh, the other, you know, yesterday, when was it Monday and it rained, <laughs> God, <laughs> But all that money yeah. get the cars detailed, but the Z was inside. So but usually, don't they give you a rain check? Like, they still you know, do that? I didn't think it was going to rain that day, but it's fine. It's it's good that the 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 Subaru, the Z got waxed and washed and waxed, so the rain just kind of cheated off of it. Yeah. And then the black car had already been waxed prior, and they washed it. So when I came out to it, there was no dirt spots on it or little water spots on it, anything like that. You know, from from dirty from yeah. dust or anything. So they were fine. Sure. I was okay, you know, so I wasn't worried about it. But anyways, yeah, that's what basically happened with the grazy. And so I just pulled the girls out because I was I was cleaning out the garage. I was doing some cleaning out in the garage. Yeah. I did some sweeping out and some moving around, some stuff, threw some stuff away. Um, and like all garages, it's never it's a never-ending battle. <laughs> yes, it is. But at least I did something yeah. to where I feel a little bit better about walking in there. Swept it out. I got picked up some trash that I had laying around it feels forever. Feels good now, doesn't it? It does feel good. Picked up some dirty towels. Yeah. I washed them, you know, and and uh, you know, just one of those things. And then I, you know, pulled the girls back in, and um, that was it, you know. But um, yeah, that's kind of how that went down with the, with the gray so one. He sold it in two hours. That's almost as fast as the uh, toilet paper at Costco. <laughs> that was nine, nine minutes. minutes. <laughs> well, you know, you know, the funny thing about the gray Z was, and, and conti- there was a contingency for me getting it back because I had already had the white one. You yeah, know, I had Blanca, you know, and and uh, you know, I think my spiel, Blanca time type of thing. You know, that's where that kind of came from. And and uh, on, on Instagram, I don't think we're friends on Instagram. But I don't think so. I yeah. do a lot of I do a lot of little. I, I post those videos on Facebook too. Yeah, you know, I do my little skit with with my car. You know, right. And um, but the 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 contingency to get that gray one back was that I was going to give it to my son. I was going to give it to, you know uh-huh. he was going to go to him. And and my wife was all you know she first she was kind of like taking a stand on that. And I go look, it's a great opportunity for me to get this car back. You know, and so we put Tommy on. On speakerphone, Tommy's my negotiator, you know. <laughs> so we basically said, as a family, so look, we know you want an old car, we know you want a Z like you know, like I have, and everything, and I have, a, I have a chance to get this car back. He was immediately excited, and you know, but I said, you know, you you got you got 
do well in school. You got to graduate. You know, this will be this will be your this will be your gift. You know, and uh, so whenever he does come home, he, he tries to get in it and take it for a little drive or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it needs a few more things to get to get more reliable. But uh, you know, it cleaned up really nice. It was beautiful. I, I hadn't washed the car at all in a year and a half since I've had it. Hadn't washed it once. Didn't wipe it down. Nothing. It's mm-hmm. just the way it came from Arizona. It got dirtier from sitting in my garage, but um, it was it was it was dusty when I got it, and it needed to be cleaned up inside and out. So I'm glad I paid the money to get it done. Yeah, because it looks like glass now. It's 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 really it's beautiful. It turned out really great. So, and that's how that went. So that yeah, as far as uh, the cars are concerned, I got nothing really going on other than you know keeping my page under control and and having fun with that. And that's S30 Life. S30 Life. That's yeah. the Facebook group. That's the Facebook group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, I've got a lot of really neat people on that page. I'm approaching 6,000 people now. Wow. That's fantastic. Which is cool. There's other pages out there with much more and there's some out there with, you know, much less. Uh, but I think that my page has a lot to bring to the table and I seclude it to cars from 70 to 78 and um, the Z cars. They're, those are the S30 chassis. Mm-hmm. And that comes from the, um, comes from the VIN number. It starts out HLS30, and then it mm. gives you the number of the VIN, the ah, VIN number after that. Okay. So it's a, it's an S30 chassis. Ah, that's what it's called. And I just took that because there's other there's other pages out there that'll give you the different car models like 240Z, 260, 280, or whatever. They'll do their pages for that, um, or Datsun Z cars or whatever, just different things. And I, I did that. That was my baby. I wanted my own page. And because I had been an enthusiast for about 23 years, um, I wanted my own thing a couple years back. So that's when we came up with that. Nice. So, it's, well, but I am doing a couple other things with the car. You know, I'm going to, I got bought some uh, dashboard covers for them and some other things, you know, just, just to kind of start tinkering a bit with them. But yeah, I've got some plans for them. Love that. Yeah. It's your passion. I dig it. It gets the juices flowing, man. You know, I mean, you know, you know, when you work out, you, the endorphins kick in. You oh, get yeah. that, you get the little bit of a high. It's, I, when I start talking about cars and things that really get me going, yeah, I get the same high. It feels good. Well, we, we we need to. We were talking about maybe doing an outdoor podcast with the cars. Yeah, let's and, do it. And then you know, Pete Neal wants to do something with Corvettes and the Zs together. So let's see if we can put something together. That'd be right. fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you one favor, though. Yes, absolutely. This is not car related, but um, it's Corona related. Okay. okay. So when you go back to work on Monday, yeah. Okay. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This episode, I'll post it on Facebook. All right, okay. like I always do. Mm-hmm. Can you respond in the in the Facebook notes of what it was like when you got back to work? Sure. <laughs> you know, or or maybe we'll do another podcast like next week or something because i'm curious to see what happens behind the curtain so i'm off next thursday with, with all this coronavirus would, you, would stuff. you be interested in doing another wednesday podcast yeah 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 so uh, let's do another wednesday podcast and i'll follow up with you because like i said i'm off thursday so i don't have to get up early the next day so we can do like a wednesday night yeah and i'll just because i'll have monday and tuesday and wednesday that i've worked and then i'll come in and kind of fill you in with what's going on and we kind of let people know out there that you know Okay. What what the status is of at least our grocery store because we're local. Yeah. You're right down the street from my store. Yeah. You know, so this would help give some insight to people in the neighborhood who watch your podcasts. Oh, okay, 
we're good. I mean, we can we can hit up that store. Uh, we can shop there. It's everything's good, um, and just kind of filling in with what I know. It'll 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 also be interesting too to check in because we can compare what the situation is like today versus seven days down the road. You know, and hopefully the hysteria has calmed. There's a chance that it might not have. So I think we'll learn a lot. But I think it, it would be. I'm very curious to see how your employees are reacting to it. If you're having shortages of product, what your management is doing to scramble to get product, hmm. and how all that works, because uh, it's a unique time. Yeah, I, I'll say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll let you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, as much as you're comfortable divulging, I'm sure there's some, you know, proprietary. There's no stuff. real secret. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any real secret, but okay, I, I, whatever. I'll talk to my store director and make sure, you know, that there's anything I can't talk about, you know, <laughs> just to play it safe because obviously the people I work with are going to see this video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the, you know, they're going to, you know, share it, of course. Oh, you know, Mike Ryan was on doing this podcast and he said this or that. No, it's not this podcast. It's the John Riley Project. Yeah. That's well, right. Yeah. In case they forget the name, he was doing a podcast. You know, and, right. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens. Okay, man. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah, I love it. I, I love having you here. And, um, you know, I, I just want to say this is that this was a, a fun podcast for me. Because we did something different. Um, normally, when I have guests that come, they always there's usually a, a driving agenda with that guest. They're a political candidate. They're an author. They're really into a certain topic. But we just got here. We just talking about you know what's going on in the current you know current events, the news, mm-hmm. and it was kind of fun because this is something that I would normally have talked about in a solo podcast. But it's fun to have like a co-host and talk it through and, and play off each other. And I think it's enjoyable. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy doing these kind of podcasts. And I, I, if you want to do one once a week regularly or whenever, I'm, I'm totally open to it because I, I did some online podcasting before. And um, when you interact with other people, it just there's so much content you come up with. And, oh, yeah. And you're able to just keep on going. Because you, when you're by yourself, you can have like a little like bullet points what you want to talk about. But. Yeah, here we kind of get off on tangents and we have some fun. So, yeah, we'll do more of this. Sure. This is fun. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm totally down for it. Okay. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. Yeah, John. No problem. All right. All right.